0: FrequencyCast, startup in progress.
1: Hi and welcome to FrequencyCast number 69, the UK's digital TV and technology show. The show that's driven by feedback from you. My name's Carl
2: and with me today is our tech guru, Pete. Hi there, A4 at the ready. As requested, it's all about printers. Now, here's a look at
1: what we'll be talking about in today's tantalising take on technology. Virtual queues form for the iPhone 4S. BBC to axe their HD channel. We put Siri through her paces. Digital switchover. The end is in sight. Plus questions on split monitors and ebook lending. First off, here's Pete with the latest TV and tech news. FrequencyCast. Now loading. News.
2: Headline time, starting off with plans from the BBC to scrap the BBC HD channel. The announcement comes as part of the Delivering Quality First report, which also outlines other BBC savings, including more repeats on BBC Two, lower spend on buying sports rights, up to 2,000 job losses and less programming on BBC Local Radio. It's proposed that the BBC HD channel will be replaced by BBC Two HD. Next, as expected, the biggest tech story of the month last month was the iPhone 4S launch. The usual queues and shortage made the news, and there are still a lot of people out there without their precious iShiny. If you're looking to get an iPhone 4S from the Apple Store, you can't just walk in and buy one. You now have to pre-order online after 9pm, and book a time slot to walk in and get one in store. O2 has made some changes to its fast-track policy, making it harder for some customers to get an iPhone 4S upgrade. And they've also dropped data from their iPhone tariffs, meaning you have to pay an additional £6 for the data bolt-on. There are quite a few unhappy O2 customers out there, and we've covered this in a recent audio update. See our news page for more. Next, news of a new channel. America's most valued broadcaster is coming. In the US, the equivalent of the BBC is PBS. A UK version of the American PBS channel has just launched. Available on Sky and Virgin Media, the channel offers US current affairs, documentaries and history. PBS, where television matters, launches the 1st of November. Sadly, it looks like the PBS-created Sesame Street won't be migrating to the UK channel at launch. Oscar the Grouch wouldn't approve. Next, expect another entry to the video-on-demand market next year. US firm Netflix is planning a UK launch in early 2012 to go head-to-head with Lovefilm. Some digital radio news now, a new national station has taken to the air. Smooth Christmas is on DAB between now and the 27th of December, playing nothing but Christmas music. The mono station is ad-free and very festive. Next, a quick word of warning, if you've just upgraded to iOS 5, you may have noticed a significant drop in your battery life. This could be connected to your device's time zone settings. See our news page for the quick fix. Switchover news, with half the UK now fully digital, the end date has been announced. Northern Ireland will be the last region to switch off on 24 October 2012, bringing an end to 80 years of analogue TV in Britain. And finally, Google Earth, Google Maps and Google Street View. The internet giant's plans to map the world have just taken another giant leap. Google is to start making images of the inside of certain buildings available. This includes restaurants, gyms, hotels and museums. Google, if you're passing FrequencyCast HQ, please keep passing. People really don't want to know what goes on here. Thanks, Pete. For more on these
1: stories and others, visit FrequencyCast.co.uk slash news. Well, I can't imagine what possessed you guys to be so darn exciting. You've actually asked us to talk about printers today in Focus. It's been so exciting for Pete. He's given me a piece of paper in advance and told me
2: printers is the subject of the day. Now, we gave you a choice of talking about the marvellous hobby that is amateur radio or printing, and you've gone for printers. So don't say we don't give you what you want. Here goes. We're talking printers. Right, Carl, we have a couple of emails to kick us off on this one.
1: We certainly do. We have a message here from Eddie in Aberdeen, and he says please do printers as a special uh, much as the radio ham stuff sounds interesting i'd rather find a printer that does not cost more to replace all the ink cartridges as it does to buy a new printer in the first place specifically does kodak's claim to have the cheapest to run printers really hold up under examination yes we'll be coming back to kodak a little later and also we have a message from Nicholas Skippings as well as many others, but uh, Nicholas says, if you do focus on printers in the next show, show 69, could you please see what type of printer is better? Uh, which ones use a black cartridge in separate colours, or whether black and separate, oh god, it's, it's, I'm
2: sorry <laughs> I can't find this interesting at all. Pete, I'm going to hand this to you before I fall asleep. He also goes on to say, talk to us about running costs of printers, manufacturers' ink costs. He says, I'm not bothered about places like Cartridge World that refill your old ink cartridge but I do want to know what is a cheap option for a printer there you go inspired now so let's start off with choosing a printer Pete I haven't got a printer where do I go what do I buy right initially you have two choices you can either just buy a standalone printer that prints and you probably want a colour inkjet or you can get an all-in-one that does everything you could possibly imagine and more okay the cheapest printer we found is £22. It's an HP DeskJet, and it just basically does colour A4 and black and white A4. OK, because
1: that could help you, and you can transport that around. Is that quite robust? I'm imagining it won't matter if it breaks anyway,
2: really. The funny thing is, looking at this one here, £22 for the printer. If you want to fill it with ink, £29. OK, so it's almost 50 quid then yeah it's actually cheaper to throw the printer away than the ink cartridges it's insane isn't it but uh, that unfortunately is the way it works so you've got your basic printers then you can go to the more advanced ones something called an all-in-one printer they're pretty much the things to consider these days they start from around 35 pounds upwards and they print color and black and white they can scan your documents and some of them convert them to pdf or something called ocr your documents ocr what does that stand for optical character recognition so you put in a document, it will scan it and give you editable text as opposed to just sort of a picture of your document Okay.
1: and what are the other functions this will have? Fax machine I'm guessing what else would we get for our money
2: with a sort of a combo printer? Typically you'll get a 3-in-1 which will print, scan and photocopy, either colour or black and white photocopies. The fourth one is fax, it's getting fairly rare now, most of the basic machines don't come with a fax but if you pay a little bit extra particularly something like the HP Office. Office jet series, which do tend to come with fax, but let's face it, who uses fax these days? So, what else should I look for when buying my printer? What other advantages? What key things are a necessity to me? I think what's probably a good idea at the moment is to go and take a look at a printer and see what it does.
1: Well, I know a department full of fine women downstairs.
2: OK, right, where are all the girls? they ran away when they saw the microphone.
1: So we have a lovely printer here. It's an HP printer. Oh, it's quite functional, like the little screen there. It's got a, a keyboard, it's got a scanner on the top, it's got a feeder tray on the top as well. So go on then, Pete, give me a guided tour of this lovely printer. What have we got? It's an
2: HP OfficeJet. It has a little lid here. You lift that up and you get the scanning hole. Then you've got the little feeder here where you put your paper in. Okay. It has what's called full duplex. I bet it does. What does that do? prints on both sides without you having to take uh, the paper out and turn it over. So it does one print pass, puts the paper out, lets it dry for a second, sucks it back in and prints on the other side. Excellent. That sounds good. Then you've got your trays for your different sizes of paper here. Just take this out. What size is that? So typically it's A4, but under here you can lift that up and there's this little slidey thing here that lets you adjust it for uh, photos and postcards and QSL cards. Excellent, and envelopes, I'm sure. And you can also do this. So it has a uh,
1: fax machine built in. Fantastic. I like that. I like the little screen. I'm quite impressed by that. I could just stand here
2: all day and look at that. I've never been in here before. USB connector into the back of your PC. Or this has Ethernet or wireless. That's important to think about how you're going to connect it. So this is a network printer. It has its own IP address on our office network here. The computer doesn't have to be on. It can just sit in a room and be on the network. It's got little slots for your cards, SD, USB, all sorts of other things there. Yeah, I noticed that. That's quite a handy little tool, isn't it? Oh, and if you want to want to look under the bonnet, Oh right, okay, so it has four colour inkjets and a black inkjet. Is that right, four colours? Not quite. So you've got a black ink, then you've got uh, the magenta, cyan and yellow, and that is a photo cartridge. So this particular model has five separate cartridges, three for your colours, one for your photos and one for your standard black.
1: Well, that was quite an expensive machine
2: we were looking at. That's all quite
1: pricey. Um, what about the ink situation? I mean, can I get cheap
2: ink for something like that? Well, you've got a couple of choices when it comes to ink for these printers. You can either get the official manufacturer's recommended ink, or you can get OEM ink. Is there an
1: advantage over getting the manufacturer's specific ink? I mean, are they going to tell you off for clogging up their jets if you don't use their ink or something like that?
2: This is one of those tricky areas. Now, typically, the cost of actually buying manufacturer's own ink is a lot more expensive than buying this OEM clone stuff. Manufacturers don't like you using ink other than their own, for obvious reasons, mostly financial.
1: OEM? What did that stand for?
2: Other Equipment Manufacturer. All right bit like omg then well that's what you'll find if you do use a clone ink cartridge and it clogs up your printer in theory if you buy an ink cartridge that isn't the manufacturers and it doesn't work you do have some recourse under the sale of goods act to take it back and get a refund but if it actually damages your printer you're in a bit of a sticky situation personally i know it is a little bit cheaper to go for this oem ink but uh, i prefer the manufacturers ink and what you can do is shop around particularly online there's a website that i use all the time for cheap ink highly recommend it go to the show notes and i'll stick up a couple of links on where to get some cheap ink
1: so what about this email from eddie in aberdeen about kodak and their ink was it yet
2: yeah, now kodak have actually done something that potentially will help them clean up in the printer market what they are doing is offering very very cheap ink so here's a little diagram admittedly this is from kodak's own leaflet but have a look at this this is the average cost of replacing inks in a typical printer so in Canon we've got fifty eight pounds, Brother fifty seven,
1: Epson forty seven pounds, HP forty one, well that's gone down quite significantly, hasn't it? Lexmark that's also forty one, but Kodak Kodak are claiming wait for it. £20 to replace their inks. Is that all their inks or is
2: that just one ink at a time? That's the average cost of, of completely replacing the ink cartridges. Now, of course, it does vary. It depends whether you have a, uh, a colour cartridge that has the three different colours in it or that just has a single cartridge. That does make a difference, of course. But, yeah, they are very, very cheap when it comes to ink. And the Kodak printers, you can get an app for the iPhone called the Pick Flick app, which lets you print from your iPhone. And they have a very, very good range. The one that's being talked about the most is the ESP-C110, which does all sorts of things. It's actually quite fast. It has a card slot. It prints up to 9,600 DPI, and it is very cheap to run, which is a particular advantage. Now, this admittedly is Kodak's own claim. So we took a look at a comparison site from a consumer organisation, which we are not allowed to mention, and they worked out that the average costs of running the printer over three years, and that's a Assuming three documents, two colour documents and one photo a week would be £77. And that compares at the other end of the scale with a Canon that will cost you £160 for the same kind of work. So you can see they are actually quite cheap.
1: Hmm. So what you're saying there that Kodak are
2: pretty cheap on ink prices, but what if I don't have a Kodak? What other options are there? Well, of course, we've already talked about the clone ink cartridges, but I'm going to give you my top five tips on how to save on printer ink. First of all, print in dry draft mode. Now the show notes that we're using today, have a look at the quality of that. Oh,
1: I see what you mean. They're they're right, but they're not as
2: bold almost as normal, but uh, perfectly readable. And that can save you around 40% on your ink, especially if you're printing colour. Tip number two, print on both sides. And again, we're doing that here, aren't we, Carl? We certainly are. There's things on every bit of this paper. Number three, if you're printing from the web, use a web service called printwhatyoulike.com. Now what you do is you put in the URL of the website that you want to print from and it lets you remove the photos and remove the ads and basically reformat it so it prints less on your page and saves you printing unwanted ads, etc.
1: I like that. That's actually quite a handy little
2: technique because you're often just after the information, you get all that bump, don't you? Tip number four, use of fonts. Now, Carl, we have the word frequency cast written here in two fonts. Tell me the difference between those two. One looks slightly taller than the other one. The other one looks slightly wider than the other one. Really?
1: No, not really. I'm trying to see whether one looks a bit bolder, as it were, stronger, but they, they
2: look more or less the same to me. I've got to be honest. Uh, what you'll see on the left, we're using the Calibri font, and on the right, we're using the Arial font. And surprisingly, you can save about 25 to 30 percent just by printing a thinner font using something like Calibri. Another fantastic idea. And my fifth tip is, rather than printing photos on your own home printer, go and get them done at somewhere like Snappy Snaps or Boots. That's brilliant. <laughs>
1: so save money. Get everything printed at work. Here's yeah? what you're saying: take it on a memory stick, save paper and ink. Go
2: do it with someone else's. Well, funnily enough, if you wanted a print of, uh, let's say, 200 colour photos, boots will do them for 5p each. Now, you can't do it cheaper than that on your own home printer. So it is actually cheaper to go somewhere else and do it properly. Places like Snappy Snaps, they tend to be about 19p a print, but they have a nice little service that you can upload your photos from home to their service and then go and pick them up once they've been printed. What about remote printing? How can I print from a place far, far away? Now, there are a few different options here. Uh, The different manufacturers all have their own technology so that you can uh, take a photo on a camera, for instance, and uh, get it to print out at home wirelessly or print from your laptop. There's different formats out there. I'm not going to go through every single one of them one by one. What I will do is talk about a a handy little service from our friends at Google. What have Google been up to? Well they have a service called Google Cloud and effectively if you have an internet connected device you can take a photo and it will print on your home printer regardless of whether your home printer has an internet connection or not. And as a little test I'm going to try this live. I've got an iPhone here. It's the iPhone 4. I'm going to go into an app called Print and we'll add a link on the show notes to that what I'm going to do is go into contacts and I'll type up frequency cast into the address book there we are and I'm going to print frequency cast so I'm assuming you want to hit the print button now
1: okay I've hit print what do we get now connecting to the printer and now printing and you also have
2: a cancel option okay now what that's done is that sent a request over the air using the 3g network that will route it to our studio printer which we use to print off our show notes you're doing it over the google service so you have to be signed up to google for this to work and what it would do is route it through our computer here in the studio to our attached printer and print out the document for us oh and there we go listen it's the last time i let you bring a printer in your studio (laughs) Now, what you have to do to get this working is you have to use the Google Chrome browser. This works on a PC or a Mac. And if you have the Google Chrome browser, what you do is you go into Tools, go into Options, and select Under the Bonnet. Now, in there, it says Enable Google Cloud Printing. You go into that option, and you put in your Google username and password. Well, 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 there it is.
1: Bring it over here. It says... uh name frequency cast uh mobile number oh that's our text number so if you want to drop us a text on this subject 07882043521 and there's lots more on printers up on
2: our show notes so do take a look hello i'm john from channel 5's gadget show and you're listening to frequency cast A quick and totally indulgent stop-press I'd like to throw in. If you were hoping that we'd be talking about ham radio instead of printers today, just after we recorded this month's show, I was lucky enough to meet a real-life astronaut and ask a quick ham radio question. I spoke to Julie Payette, who's visited the International Space Station and flown on two shuttle missions, most recently STS-127. A 127
1: and also an STS-96.
2: Wonderful. Now, I'm asking a very quick question about amateur radio. Now, I know there's a a station up there. Have you had the privilege of operating or worked with any of your colleagues that have?
1: Unfortunately, no, because uh, usually the station, uh, ham radio, is operated by those uh, astronauts that stay on station several months at a time. Me, I was part of shorter-duration construction mission. We come, we work real hard, and we come back on the ground right away. We're on the shuttle, and uh, we don't have time. But uh, I do invite those that have uh, amateur radio stations to contact the space station because we have equipment and people that can operate
2: it. Absolutely. I think it's NAE-1SS, is that right?
1: Something like that, yeah.
2: I've been trying, but no luck yet.
0: <laughs> well, try again.
2: Thanks to Julie Payette for taking time there to spare me a few words. And my mission now is to make contact with the ISS. Wish me luck. Oh, and by the way, if you're planning to drop us a text message with your comments or questions, your text messages will now be spoken to us
1: spoken to you i thought the whole point of a text was that there
2: is no writing it's like a memo but i have the latest iShiny shiny that takes away the whole need for that kind of stuff
1: is that what the s stands for on iphone s shiny
2: is it right hold out one of your hands carl now hold out the other hand and tell me what you're holding
1: well they look identical uh, no there's no obvious difference between the two of these I'm assuming one's the 4 and one's the 4S, though. Is that
2: right? That is correct. There's very, very little difference other than a rather hefty price tag. So, yes, I have a 4S in one hand and a 4 in the other, and they are physically pretty much identical. Still as slick as ever, though. Okay, do you want to hear the difference, though? It's all about the Siri. I bet it is, and a few other modernisations, I understand, like the aerial thing with the phone. Yep, you get a better camera, better battery life, faster processor. Uh, but the clever bit is the thing everyone is talking about, Siri. Go on then, inspire me with Siri. OK, see what you reckon to this. OK, I'm going to hold the phone up to the mic here. What you do is you press the button and you speak at it. So I'm going to give it a few little tests here. How's about, uh, what's your favourite podcast? Well, obviously Frequency Cast. Play me Frequency Cast show 67.
0: Okay, let's hear Frequency Cast UK Show 67. Frequency Cast. Start up in progress.
2: What'd you reckon they're Carl clever? I thought I was very clever, actually, yeah. And it is the right show as well, I'm like here. Okay, let's try something else, shall we? Have I had an email from Carl?
0: I didn't find any emails from Carl.
2: Yeah, there's a surprise. I wouldn't know how to, I don't have the technology. Remind me to post a letter.
0: When would you like me to remind you?
2: When I leave home.
0: Here's your reminder. Shall I create it?
2: Confirm. Okay,
0: I'll remind you.
2: So what I've done there is I've set a reminder and it knows from GPS where I am. So when I move away from home, it will remind me to post a letter. How cool. It's a little bit Big Brother, but I do
1: like it. And it confirms it's all on the screen, which is a nice little touch. I like that. Uh, very similar to
2: the technology behind Brian the Brain. Do you remember that? Oh, Brian the Brain. Right, let me try something else clever. Um, how about something like this? What is British Sky Broadcasting's share price?
0: The Skybeat Group closed down today at £719.
2: There you go. And on screen is the uh, share price. Nice. And a screen graph to represent it as well. What's the weather for tomorrow, please?
0: Here's the forecast for tomorrow.
2: And up on screen, there's the forecast. And you can even do things like this. This is a really good little test. What's £123 in euro?
0: Let me check that for you. This might answer your question.
2: 141.36 euro or U.S. dollars Very clever. Now I actually find this really, really clever technology. It can do some fairly frightening things. Siri, what can I say to you? And what it's got up, it's brought up a screen here that tells me I can uh, phone someone by saying, call whoever, play music, read or send text messages, check an event in my calendar, add a reminder, send an email, check out the weather, check out stock prices, set an alarm to wake me up at a certain time, check an address, add a note, or uh, search the web. So it does give you a fair amount of clever stuff. Very clever. There are a few odd limitations, though, such as... In the
0: UK, Siri has a male voice.
2: But in the United States, Siri has a cuter female voice. That's a limitation in itself. And at the moment, this doesn't work with the UK maps, so you can't ask it for travel news Or say, where's my nearest coffee shop? Apparently, though, that's coming soon. This is actually quite useful. If you're driving along, you can, just by pressing one button, get it to send a text message or an email or read out messages to you. So that's pretty clever. But of course, it does do some silly things. And the internet is awash with asking it silly questions. Now, I've been experimenting with some of these and looking on the net. Any of those questions you fancy trying there, Carl? Well, obviously. What's the meaning of life? Let's try that one. What's the meaning of life?
0: to think about questions like this.
1: What do you look like? Shining. Beam me up.
0: Please remove your belt, shoes and jacket, and empty your
1: pockets. I like this one. Someone sent this to us. They said, can we ask, will you marry me? This is from Sharon. Will you marry me?
0: Let's just be friends, okay? (laughs)
2: Right now, I have to play you this video clip. Are you ready? I'm gonna play you a very short extract of my current favorite YouTube clip, which is all about Siri. Ready when you are.
0: Hey, Siri! You're very beautiful. Thanks. Can we get back to more? Beautiful. I don't really like these arbitrary categories. Okay. Will you marry me? Let's just be friends. Will you marry me? We hardly know one another. Will you please marry me? I'm not capable of love. I love. you. My end user licensing agreement does not cover marriage. I love you. You say that to all the virtual assistants. I love you. Can we get back to work now? Okay. Everything's okay. Okay. I'm okay if you're okay. What's the meaning of life? 42. Can you sing? Daisy. Daisy, give me your answer, do. You are sexy if you insist.
2: There we go, and thanks to Jonathan Mann for giving us permission to use an extract of that. Uh, the full video clip is up on our show notes. Definitely worth a watch. So there you go, that is Siri in full effect. Pretty impressive technology, and actually surprisingly useful. If you're interested uh, and you fancy sending us a text message to 07882 we shall get Siri to read it out for you on the next show. So then you'll all have a personal assistant, whether you can afford one or not. And also, if you've got any question you'd like us to ask Siri, again, text us, and we shall do just that.
1: So, talking about things to keep you guessing, uh, we've been out and about doing some research into a few cool gadgets to
2: buy. Expect to hear this in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Make sure you go to our website to sign up to get our audio updates to hear us out and about. Uh, To keep you guessing, here's an extract.
0: It's this great little gadget. It's got analogue settings so you can turn it up, turn it down to whatever speed you want it to go to.
1: Very good. So it's voice activated or is that light Uh, activated?
0: No, not voice activated, but it does speak to you when you take the lid off of it. Sorry,
1: I have to get up early tomorrow. Fantastic. And uh, is that waterproof?
0: Yes, it is waterproof.
1: More on that coming soon.
0: Frequency Cast. Now loaded interaction
1: okay and now it's time for interaction yes feedback and questions now and first of all we heard from andy smith carl i just heard your update i saw those clip-on handles and lenses for the
2: iphone feature on the gadget show oh yeah i remember those ah yeah you're talking about the steadicam that would strap to a little device that you hold like a gun and give you flexible grip so you could take movies without the judder Yeah, he
1: says the iPhone footage looked terrible to him and it
2: didn't sound like I was too impressed either. But of course we were very impressed with the young ladies from Steadicam that were holding the device. Uh, If you've missed them, see the pics on our show notes. Yes, I'd like to hold one of those ladies steady. Andy goes on to say, as an Android user, he's using the Nexus S, the new iPhone was pretty underwhelming. I can only think it's part of Apple's business model to drip feed their fans small amounts of improvement so as to extract as much money from them as possible. Keep your pecker up, Andy. Right, Carl, what's next? Well, do you know
1: what? I was going through some of our greetings. I don't know whether anyone knows, but if you ever feel like doing this, you can always send us an email just to say hi. Uh, We're always pleased to hear from you. And uh, I was quite surprised to see some old names that I didn't think were still listening to us, uh, like Vinny. Hi, Vinny. And hi, Michael Johnson. Ah, yes. I also want to say hi to Brinsley, to Luca. And also a couple,
2: Troy and his Black Fairy, and of course a young man called Harrison, who's a new listener, I do believe. And also, of course, all our listeners that tune in to us on Community Radio or our online radio service. Hello, everyone. Next one from Mike Byrne, M6KEB. He
1: asks... I was checking out some how-to videos on YouTube and I noticed a user running two monitors on one PC, allowing him to have two functioning programs
2: open and running at the same time. Is this difficult to do or expensive and how is it done? Back to you M6KEB, what you need to do is replace your existing graphics card with one that supports dual display. Now you can muck about with getting a second graphics card but that's pretty hit and miss. So what you really need to do is look for a card with two video outputs. Unless your PC has multiple PCI Express sockets which some of the newer ones do so assuming you're going with a video card with dual out replace your existing graphics card with this card and Windows should detect the dual display card you can then make some tweaks from your desktop to get the best out of both monitors how much is one of these cards we've actually found a decent Nvidia card for about 50 quid
1: right now to Julie Bell Uh, your podcast mentioned ebook readers I don't know if your listeners are aware of the overdrive Sorry, are you aware of this? No, go on, tell me more. It's an app that can be used on a PC, Mac, iPhone, Android phone and other mobiles to read eBooks, And it's totally free to download and use. The best part of it is not only can you buy eBooks to read on this platform, but you can borrow them from your local library, free of charge, as it's a conventional library.
2: That sounds phenomenal. You've got a library online now. Julie says the lending period varies from library to library. My library's 21 days, after which they can be renewed if no one's waiting for it. There are also quite a few libraries signed up to Overdrive, both in the UK and the rest of the world. You can download audiobooks as well. It's a great system and it's completely free. Thought it might be of interest to your listeners. Well, Julie, it certainly is. Yeah, thanks for that, Julie.
1: Frequency Cast. Geocaching. News.
2: In show 67 we looked at geocaching, the high-tech GPS treasure hunting hobby, and we've got three trackable bugs out there. One of them has done 1,600 miles, largely with Chippy White's help. There's a picture of the bug at Stonehenge up on our website. Soup Dragon now has that trackable. Our second bug has clocked up 109 miles. Fearless Freddy has now passed it on to Ruthless Ralphie. Our third trackable is in London after 48 miles, thanks to Mel Ray and Rog7238. Hi also to Lynn's Lady and Curly Claire, and well done on finding some of our other geocaching goodies. Right, Carl, that's about it for the feedback for this show. So, if you've
1: got anything to tell us or to say, you can leave us a voicemail by calling 0208 133 4567, or you can text us on 07882 043 4567. 521. Anything to say? Get in touch. Frequency Cast, shutdown
0: in progress.
1: Well, we're coming to the climax of this show, Show 69. We've been creating a lot of new bonus material, including information on the iPhone 4S, changes to O2's fast track policy, speech recognition, and Christmas gadgets. Make sure you go to frequencycast.co.uk to sign up. Thanks for listening to our tantalising take on technology. And if you like what you've heard, please spread the word. Frequency